For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. It's Monday. It's May 18th. And the word of the day is lithopanspermian, which is the theory involving a transfer of organisms between planets via flying space rocks. Used in a sentence, lithopanspermia has less to do with semen than you might have expected. Sometimes the segment's just information. Yeah. Just telling you about a crazy speculative theory. So remember, boys and girls, for the rest of the day, when anybody says lithopanspermia, scream real loud. I'm No Illusions. I'm Ethan Wright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 16, I'll try not to make the fact that I'm recording after an 11-hour drive too obvious. Nestle Bottled Water considers Baron Vladimir Harkonnen of the Dune Universe for CEO. We'll spend a few minutes bitching about our impotence. And activists for the unfair sex accuse Charlie's Theron of fucking with their really cool glass floor. But first, the roundup. In biggest little gaff news, Jeb Bush took an afternoon off from blowing oil billionaires on his I'm definitely not running for president yet national tour, during which he addressed a town hall meeting in Reno, Nevada last Wednesday. I don't gaff so far, sure, but but how could he have possibly known that people were going to ask him about the Iraq War? I mean, he's not <laughs> he's, a mind reader. At one point, a student in the audience shouted out, Your brother created ISIS, to which Jeb really had no response, and nothing would have been way better than his muddled series of responses throughout the week to related questions about the Iraq War decision his brother made. he got up to made. four different <laughs> yeah, responses. I was switching around. I think it might be time for George Sr. to take the family back over. Probably not. In Philadelphia, an Amtrak commuter train derailed en route to Washington, D.C. Eight people were killed, another 200 or so were injured, and apparently over 208 people still ride trains. Huh, who knew? Moving over to public health news. After reviewing the evidence and determining it was a bad thing when a whole bunch of kids got measles, the state of California has decided that parents need to decide between the right to public schooling and the right to own a diseased child. Vaccinations will be required for all students without a medical excuse. Here, here. In Burundi this week, shit just got real. Yes, it did. In NFL news, big huge cheater Tom Brady is appealing the decision by the league to hand him a four-game suspension for his role in the Deflategate scandal. Yeah, it seemed a little light. (laughs) And based on the math precedent set by Commissioner Roger Goodell's initial suspension for Ray Rice last year... Brady's offense is about equal in severity to knocking out two women while fighting in the elevator. <laughs> right? It's about equal to him. And speaking of men who fuck up women's faces, Pablo Picasso's Women of Algiers became the most expensive piece of art ever sold when it netted over $179 million at auction last week. Hmm. This is one of a series of paintings Picasso did during his I can now afford to have nude models walking around while I doodle phase of his career, <laughs> which is part. evident by the find the boobs nature of the work. It's a lot of, you, there's an ass in there too, you really gotta look for the ass though. Speaking of boobs, the gay smokescreen plan seems to be working on Ted Cruz. 
seemingly completely unaware of the undercover atheist Muslim in the White House, the senator suggested that of all the threats to Christianity right now, gay marriage is, quote, the greatest we've ever seen. Wow. So... Dog wagged. <laughs> Moving over to the Pacific, South Korean Defense Minister Han Min-gul warns of, quote, merciless counterattacks, end quote, in the wake of a successful ballistic missile trial by their rivals to the north. Meanwhile, North Korean Defense Minister Hyun Yong-chol said, quote, ah, end quote, <laughs> when he was executed by his beloved dictator for not beloving him enough. Got blown up. In Huxtable President's news, Bill Cosby made things worse for Hillary Clinton when it was recently revealed that the alleged serial rapist is one of the donors to the Clinton Foundation. Cosby also made things worse for himself last week during an interview when his response to a question about all the accusations was completely devoid of, no, I didn't do it. Right. And instead sounded like Shel Silverstein having a stroke during a poetry reading. <laughs> Ridiculous. Vigilante murderer and infamous ground stander George Zimmerman was shot in the face last week in Lake Mary, Florida, That's in what is bad. believed to be an ongoing altercation with a person with a similar level of conflict resolution acumen. <laughs> Unfortunately, Zimmerman is expected to fully recover. Speaking of murderers, allegedly, the state of Nebraska advanced legislation that would make a law against the government murdering people. Massachusetts, on the other hand, did the exact opposite. Okay. Turns out they already have that law, but decided to make an exception on Friday and sentenced the Boston Marathon bomber to death by lethal injection. More on that coming up in headlines. There was also a brief halt to the ongoing conflict in Yemen. A five-day truce began on Wednesday while the various warring factions come to the table to decide how best to share in the raping and pillaging of this failed state. This five-day ceasefire marks the longest period of prolonged peace in the region since 1466. It's been a while. And in utero news... Two new films came out recently about legendary Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain, and the revival of attention has already led to the reemergence of conspiracy theories about his death involving foul play by Courtney Love, the police, the mafia, Lyndon Johnson, J. Edgar Hoover, and a superintelligent alien race that prefers Pearl Jam. Now that's a true conspiracy. That's a lot of folks. A number of Japanese automakers have recalled more than 6 million cars and trucks due to fears of exploding airbags that could pelt drivers and passengers with fine metal shrapnel under certain conditions. American car manufacturers have not initiated similar recalls, hopefully because they don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah, hopefully but not. Definitely. not. Speaking of Pacific Rim jobs, during his recent remarks about Liz Warren's skepticism of the TPP trade deal, President Obama full first named her, oh, called her shit. Elizabeth. Yeah, so you shouldn't care either. Apparently they're friends, and she probably calls him Babam or something like that. So, <laughs> doubt it's a big if deal. If I ever meet him, Babam. And finally, the Vatican has raised some controversy with a new treaty that officially recognized the Palestinian state. In a press release following the conclusion of the treaty, a Vatican spokesman explained the move as, quote, what those motherfuckers get for killing Jesus, end quote. And, of course, we have more of this week's top stories coming up right after the Duotrad. I hate to say it, but I kind of miss not following the news cycle. Or knowing what's going on. You know, before we started doing this show, I listened to the news here and there. I knew basically what was going on. But I wasn't doing this weekly deep dive into the headline that this show requires. And after a few months of doing this, I can confirm that ignorance was bliss. Yeah, definitely. I, I've kind of started to build up a sympathy for people who know more about Kim Kardashian than Kim Jong-un. That's right. not a bad way to go about it. I mean, the intellectual class in this country loves to make fun of the stupid masses for following celebrity gossip closer than they follow world events. 
But honestly, I'm starting to wonder if those people don't have the right ideas. Well, sure, because be nice. following the news is depressing as hell, first of all. I mean, you, you know, you, you never see civilians massacred on TMZ. You don't see Jennifer Aniston edging ever closer to nuclear war with Angelina Jolie. And even when Amanda Bynes is at her worst, she doesn't shoot anybody <laughs> with a fucking anti-aircraft gun. So. <laughs> right. And depressing wouldn't necessarily be bad if it wasn't coupled with this extreme feeling of impotence. Exactly. We yeah. act like it's an intellectual no-brainer to know what's going on in the world, but... What's the value in that if you can't do anything with the knowledge? Exactly. Like, you know, we always talk about having a well-informed democracy, but when all two parties are in accord on so much shit that the vast majority is against, what's the point of the democracy being informed? You know, watching the news as an American voter is like watching porn after your dick stops working. <laughs> right. Now, that's not to say there's no difference between the parties. There right. are significant policy differences on a lot of issues. And your vote does still matter, well, no question. Well, but. sure, but when it comes to things like military intervention, free trade, campaign finance, etc., virtually nobody represents the consensus voice in this country. Yeah. For example, there's nobody representing the overwhelming majority of citizens that would directly benefit from going back to our tax structure from, well, just about any time during the last 50 years. <laughs> it would be at and least a little better, yeah. clearly the bottom line, so... We should have the 90% party by now, or at least the 75% or something along those lines. I mean, lots of people are getting tricked out of lining up together in that party with all these other issues getting waved around to distract them from the bottom line issue of wealth. That's what we're trying to do here is have right, wealth right. and resources. And, and I want to point out to uh, like just preempt an objection uh, that – if an ever increasing amount of the wealth is going to the top 2%, that's also wealth redistribution. So if you're against wealth redistribution, <laughs> you belong to that 90% party as well. But a lot of people seem to think that being just against taxes, that's a complete thought. So that issue usually turns partisan. So right. let's shift to, say, campaign finance reform. There's something everyone but a few politically active billionaires and five members of the Supreme Court can pretty much agree on, left, right, or center. Right. And it's something that all the politicians could promise. But it's not something that anyone ever actually does anything about. Well, right. So, I mean, you definitely get the impression that as a voter, all you can do is nibble around the edges. You're casting a vote on all this small crap while the big stuff just barrels ahead. It's like they're running the ship into the iceberg. You know they're running the ship into the iceberg. They refuse to steer it out of the fucking way, but they'll give you any choice of what music you'd like to drown to. <laughs> That's clever. People handle the issue in a couple of different ways. Some of them just ignore the news entirely and focus on the urine habits of Justin Bieber and R. Kelly. Some jump to conspiracy <laughs> theories and essentially just make up their own news, often involving celebrities and bodily excretions as well. But it seems like the largest group jumps into one of two convenient boxes so they can go ahead and blame all the world's problems on the people in that other box. Right, and the status quo loves those folks more than any other. The, the partially informed partisan that's perfectly happy to blame the other political party for massive bipartisan efforts like NAFTA or the Iraq War. Right. You know, it's the Republicans' fault we were, we're fucking the environment. It's the Democrats' fault that we're in debt. It's the Tea Party's fault that there's gridlock. Come on. But again, the other extreme might even be worse. The people who toss all the politicians into the, you know, the same fucking bum corrupt category. And I think that's far more destructive than a few fringe voices on either side. Right. There's certainly a large array of issues that lots of mainstream politicians agree on, but that's not an excuse to completely abdicate your responsibility as a voter. There's still right, but things that's to talk why about. following the news is so goddamn depressing. Because when you vote, you know what you're going on. You're responsible for that shit. It's easy to blame the other guy. 
It's easy to just abdicate your responsibility. If, if you just get your news from partisan sources or don't get any news at all, it's really easy to tell yourself that it's all those other idiots fucking shit up. You know, if, if you didn't have any Democratic friends and you only got your news from Fox and all the fucking people you worked with were, uh, were Republicans, it would be really easy to say, see, if it wasn't for them Democrats, we wouldn't have economic problems and existential threats and gay people. But if you actually take an objective look at the information, you have to realize that at least some of the shit is on your hands. And it sucks having shit on your hands one way or the other, but I think we can all agree that it's way worse to have shit on your hands and not know about it. Well, but see, now that's the question that we're asking because this – we're talking about shit that won't wipe off, and some people have done the calculation and they say, you know what? If there's going to be a big shit stain on my palm and it's going to be there no matter what I do, maybe I'm happier not knowing about it. Okay, but still, I'm not sure that's a good reason to start getting your news from a palm reader. <laughs> exactly. Dirty business. And see, that's the thing. The more powerless we feel, the more important it is to keep a close eye on the people who do have the power. The, the, the monochromatic nature of our two-party system largely exists to lull us to sleep, but we still wield the power in this country, and you can tell because if we didn't, they wouldn't be trying to lull us to sleep. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat, No Illusions. Noah, do you have a favorite rock, paper, scissors gambit of three? Hmm. Nobody's ever expecting the bureaucrat. <laughs> All paper, making it yeah. rain. Love it. <laughs> right. Good choice. Damn, I shouldn't have told you that. Now I'll always have to sleep in the wet <laughs> Watch out for that toolbox. So before we get to our first headline, let's check in with Twitter and go forward to the past. Trending this week was hashtag reverse a film plot. Would you like to play or pass? Uh, doctor shoves baby into vagina. <laughs> that would work for a lot of movies. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I guess. think you're doing it. They're looking for stuff like you know. Sophie still ends up making a bad choice either way. Oh, I got Backwards like or forwards. like man in rubber bat suit doing well after psychiatric intervention. <laughs> Something like that. Perhaps. Exactly. <laughs> and this week's random stranger winner was at El Dashan, who had guy is born, grows old, dies. Hashtag Benjamin Button. So, well played at Eldeshan. Clever. Nice. In our lead story tonight, the particularly grisly Boston Marathon bombing case came to a close last week when Jokar Sarnayev was sentenced to stop being alive last Friday. Massachusetts, of course, is a non-death penalty state, which apparently doesn't matter if you invoke the magic terrorism word. Yeah, it's like that for lots of laws in this country, isn't it? Way too many, I think. In the wake of that announcement, a number of victims injured during the bombing took to social media to weigh in, many of them expressing a bittersweet gratitude in the closure the sentence might bring them. Their views are, of course, far from monolithic, as many remain morally opposed to the death penalty. And while they expressed timid pleasure in seeing that their idea of justice was going to be served, nobody seemed quite as happy with the sentence as Sarnayev himself who only gets his six dozen fuck slaves if he gets killed over this. Creepy reaction, yeah. So, even from a revenge standpoint, doesn't it seem like the best punishment here is to torment the guy forever by not martyring him? You would think. Obviously. So, you know what, let me just throw my personal bias on the floor right now. I think capital punishment is a barbaric vestige of a less civilized era in human history. I think I'm with the vast majority of the world when I say that. I'm embarrassed to live in a country that on this important moral issue sides with nations like Somalia, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, China, Yemen, India, Jordan, North Korea, Iran, and Iraq. That's your team. And against against all the ones that you would 
like convince me to visit if you <laughs> right. tried. Versus all the nice ones. And, and, and as if that's not despicable enough, we also lead the pack when it comes to murdering our own citizens. We're beating <laughs> China and Saudi Arabia and Pakistan and all those guys. And we're willing to pay extra for that privilege. Right, apparently. Yeah, death penalty cases cost the state about 70% more than their no-murdering counterparts. And death row inmates cost about $90,000 more per year than members of the general prison population. Right. So we could have more money and kill less people as a country, and we opt for the opposite. We pay more. Yeah, and as much as I'm against wasting money, I'm, I'm more against the murdering people, even bad people. But also... And I think this might be the most important statistic here. The murder rate is actually higher in states with the death penalty than those without. Is it Significantly, consistently, every year. Gavel down? No? If it worked as some sort of deterrent, maybe if the numbers clearly showed that people were less likely to kill each other in a state that might kill them back, I might begrudgingly set aside my moral compunction and say that it was worthwhile and the data proved me wrong. But it's just about murdering people for vengeance. That is an immoral act. Ridiculous. And in Pond Villain news tonight, CEO of Nestle Waters North America and evil warlord from the dystopian future Tim Brown did an interview last week on the radio show Air Talk with host Larry Mantle. During their discussion of California's current drought, one of the other panelists, hydrologist Jay Famiglietti of NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab, pretty smart dude, he asked Mr. Brown if he would think about moving Nestle's bottled water operation away from the increasingly arid hellscape in California and instead consider... Uh, anywhere the fuck else. Right? Mr. Brown replied that he would not consider that, adding, mwahahaha. <laughs> there was also some sinister no. finger steepling going on, yeah. <laughs> followed by a cat meow laughing along with him. Exactly. No report on whether uh, Jay Famiglietti was able to sneak away and or disarm an explosive device as he was revealing the malevolent <laughs> details of his master plan, though. He would, he would probably be Hydro Man. Absolutely. He, he wouldn't would go be. by. That so secret identity. We're really not exaggerating very much about the super. Not really. Thing. Seriously, NASA's top knowing stuff about water guy, armed with the knowledge that bottled water is about forty percent more wasteful than using the tap, asks about moving the bottled operation water elsewhere. And here's the exact response from Brown: "Quote, absolutely not. In fact, if I could increase it, I would." End quote. And then, as if actively campaigning for Dennis Hopper's job in Waterworld. Mr. Brown explained the mechanism of supply and demand as it relates to scarcity of natural resources, as if that was helping his argument. Then he sped away on a jet ski made of flamethrowers. <laughs> right, and the cat hissed angrily, yeah. So his basic <laughs> argument boils down to, have you seen Mad Max? That shit would be awesome! <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, the movie was awesome, but I, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live. So, new rules for Nestle. You guys get to make the crunch bars still, and the tins of dry chocolate powder that I eat with a spoon. Love those, but that's it. No more with the water. You can put those in, in California milk, anyway, for now. Wow. And in he's number one news tonight, fascist dictator and last fat person in North Korea, Kim Jong Lego hairdo, has raised <laughs> questions about his grip on power in recent weeks after canceling a planned trip to Moscow due to quote internal Korean problems end quote. What is Lego palm trees. <laughs> <laughs> As well as, of course, killing his defense minister with an anti-aircraft gun. Now, to be fair, the anti-aircraft gun thing is basically unsourced. If I'm reading it correctly, this is coming from South Korean intelligence. So still, it's not like we have still. some incentive to make the dude seem way crazier here, but he he he, he pretty much definitely killed him. Right, right. Which is crazy to me. If you really want to instill fear among your 
henchman. You want the guy killed with something more like, like a super soaker or a rubber band. <laughs> crazy. Like, you know, that's way more scary as a rumor that would go around. Yeah, right. This dude fell asleep. Kim had him executed with the BB gun from Crossfire. <laughs> that's intimidating. That's terrifying. Crossfire. I remember that. It was like, <laughs> Hungry hippos, but with guns. You got yeah. it. You, you remember the so one. keep in mind now, we're talking about a guy who, according to the state-controlled media in his own fucking country, murdered his uncle a couple of years ago for placing an inscription that praised him in the shadow instead of the light. <laughs> That's what he that used as his justification publicly. So when rumors that Hyun was killed for falling asleep when the great and powerful Un was talking surfaced after the execution, we all had to kind of say, yeah, that's that sounds like something Kimmy would do. <laughs> that's just like Kimmy. With more on this story, we turn to roving reporter Lucinda Lusions, who is live in Pyongyang. Lucinda, how are the people of North Korea reacting to the news of the execution? They vociferously support it, Heath, especially when they're being recorded. I see. Is there any sense internally that Kim Jong-un is losing his grip on power there? Of course not, and I'm offended that you would suggest such a thing. Really? Because the press here is spinning this as a sign that after three years of rule... He still hasn't really consolidated power yet. Well, that's because the press over there is controlled by the vicious enemies of North Korea's great leader and will stop at nothing to undermine his undeniable greatness. Well, I'd say his greatness is at the very least deniable. It doesn't, he, at least not here. Ouch! I mean, anywhere. We all love Kim Jong-un and we'll only follow him. Gotcha. Is there a member of the Politburo standing right next to you and censoring what you're saying? Because that's what it sounds like is happening. They're here only for my safety. All six of them. But six my them. my praise and admiration for Kim Jong-un, as well as my nearly unquenchable sexual desire to be near him, comes from my heat and will never waver. Uh, my my no? heart, Heath. I meant it comes from my heart. I see. So are you looking forward to getting home then? Not at all. The, the, the food and joy is abundant here in the People's <laughs> Republic of Korea, and the, the glory of Kim Jong-un's reign is great to behold. Okay, because if you wanted to stay a couple extra days, we could definitely swing No, it. no question that I'd love to stay here for a, a few more, few more days. <laughs> I mean, we could even open a North Korean bureau. You could be the head of it. It seems like you like it there oh, a I'm, lot. I'm, so I'm we sure just... we, we can't afford that. As much as, of I, course, I think, I'd love think... to if we could. Oh, boy, that show would be fantastic if we could afford it as a show, but we can't. Well, I'm just saying, maybe, what if we... We can't. We have an extra... We can't, you bastard. <laughs> if you say so. Just knowing that the air I'm breathing might contain a particle of Kim Jong-un's shed skin cells will bring me joy for eternity, Heath. Ew. Ew. <laughs> of course it will. Thank you, Lucinda. And in Try Our Chemical-Free Vacuums news tonight, Panera Bread has become the latest restaurant chain to follow Chipotle's lead in making their food sound less scary to idiots. <laughs> In a press release self-fulfillingly titled, Panera CEO Says No to Unacceptable Ingredients, <laughs> founder and CEO... How would you not... Yeah, right. So anyway, Ron Shake, founder and CEO of Panera Bread, explains that his kids eat at Panera Bread 10 to 11 times a week, and he doesn't want to serve them unhealthy food. <laughs> That's bad. In fact, he apparently wants nothing to do with them whatsoever if he's pawning them off on the local fucking Panera chain twice a day. <laughs> right. 11 times a week? What's that? Dinner every night and all three meals on the weekends? <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, does not sound healthy. You're not at all. Enormous eight-year-old walks into the local Panera. Everybody yells, Norm! Someone <laughs> slides him his fourth baked potato soup and a bread bowl for that day. It's no good. Oh, 
She's Not so good. 11 times a week? Normally, of course, I'm supportive of fast food chains making efforts to healthy up their menu. But when your only metric for health is a ruler next to the name of the ingredient, what you're doing is exacerbating the problem by reinforcing concerns about non-existent threats at the expense of basic health rules, like not letting your fucking kid eat a Panera Bread 11 times a week. Now, the company's PR talks repeatedly about using only clean ingredients, a term so <laughs> laughably devoid of meaning that even in their own literature, they put it in quotes. Ridiculous. So, yeah, it's either completely meaningless, like you said, or there's a category of food ingredients called dirty that they were using until now. <laughs> right. Crazy. <laughs> what are you having dirty? Now, admittedly, some of the things that they're doing probably do have some nutritional value. But whatever advantage is gained by a less sugary salad dressing is more than wiped out by fortifying the nonsensical notion that an ingredient's healthiness is directly proportional to the ease with which it can be pronounced. Glass shards in bleach sauce. Entirely made up of monosyllabic ingredient words there. Not healthy. And in B-logs before Beaver's News tonight, according to an article from the men's rights activism blog, Return of Kings, it's crucially important that all the men in this country boycott the new Mad Max Fury Road movie so as to make sure all the rampant feminism doesn't further subjugate the male gender in society. Aaron Clary is the author of the story in question and thinks he was able to sniff out the quote, feminist propaganda without even seeing the movie, just the trailer. The boycott he's proposing is based on just the trailer. It must be so exhausting being this asshole. All I'm saying is that any ideology that keeps you from watching the new Mad Max movie is a shit ideology. That by itself, if there was nothing else wrong with this fucking shit, and there is, that would be enough right there for me to completely dismiss it. (laughs) So, So it sounds like the trailer had him fooled at first, at least for a second maybe, After watching a preview full of bullets, explosions, and truck racing, he was ready for a proud, manly circle jerk and a dude flick. Very excited. But that's when he started digging a little deeper. And his, quote, spidey senses started noticing a couple things, end quote. Specifically, it bothered him that Charlize Theron's character, Imperator Furiosa, had more screen time than Tom Hardy as Mad Max in the trailer. And even worse, she, quote, barked orders at him. Charlie's Theron can for men. bark orders at me anytime she wants to. Honestly, <laughs> so can Tom Hardy for that matter. That dude <laughs> makes me wish I was gay. I mean, not that Tom Hardy would fuck me suddenly <laughs> if I was gay, right? Like everybody was like, if 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 being gay got to like if it came with getting to fuck Tom Hardy, I would probably give it a serious day in court, dude. Did you see what just happened? Even just talking about that trailer emasculated that me. It's quick. worse than Aaron Clary that thought. Was very effective, Holy very shit. quick. Yeah, and. Clary was also terrified, by the way, when he learned that the producers of the movie consulted with Eve Ensler of Vagina Monologues fame, which means he's probably been secretly emasculated by subliminal uterus messaging, even just from a few minutes of the trailer that he saw. And honestly, he's right to be worried. That is how that works, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) As I understand it, that small snippet alone is enough to grow him a breast, an ovary, and part of a labium. And he loses a testicle. So... We're hoping a few more movies like this come out and give them a chance for that full conversion. And that's why our team of one-armed domineering feminist overlords put us to the task today of coming up with the top five penis-removing, lady-part-generating femdom propaganda movies. Yes, they did. At number five, Mangela's Gashes. There will continue to be blood. Regular basis. It's two hours of Daniel Day-Lewis trying to talk post-ops into fucking him. That'd be great. (laughs) At number four... Castrate Millimeter, Pioneers of the Muff Snuff. 
You may have hit on the only way to get me back into a Nicolas Cage movie right there. That would do it for you, huh? Okay. <laughs> if he got castrated yeah. in it, yeah. <laughs> Number three, Clitoris Claiborne. Sculpting the unbearable likeness of Bean. Yeah, it's not Mulva Claiborne, guys. Come on, get with it. <laughs> Dolores! <laughs> At number two, The Bobbit, Desolation of Hog, by the other MGM studios. <laughs> Sucks when you get those MGMs mixed up. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to was that. so disappointing. <laughs> and at number one, Florence Torrance of the Labia, skirts with squirts till it hurts. Kind of like waterboarding. Yeah. It's twatterboarding. Squatterboarding. E- easiest way to get around in the desert, as I understand it. <laughs> like as a propulsion? Is that what you mean? Well, you can go downhill. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for episode 16. <laughs> I'm really glad. Thanks to No Illusions for working tirelessly amidst a 20-hour weekend road trip. 22 and a half. 22 and a half. Thanks to his lovely wife, Lucinda, who also did that and also checked in on the immortal fat kid in North Korea. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Jeff and Dennis, who flopped the nuts like Johnny Chan but know how to play it slow for the ladies. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more unsolicited dick jokes free of charge, check out our podcast award-winning sister show, The Scathing Atheist, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or directly from scathingatheist.com. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to the left-handed funky mensch, Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next week, catchphrase sign-off. And we'd like to close out episode 16 by saying R.I.P. to the King of the Blues, B.B. King. The thrill is gone, but not forgotten.